2: To be
1: famous. Welcome to Who Weekly, the podcast where you'll learn everything you need to know about the celebrities you don't. I'm Bobby Finger.
0: I'm Lindsay Weber.
1: And this is what Nicole Scherzinger said upon seeing that Rudy Giuliani was unmasked as the Jack in the Box on the Mass Singer last night.
2: Who oh my you? goodness! Former Associate Attorney General!
1: Oh,
0: former mayor of New York City! Is that
2: No, that's not Robert. Rudy Giuliani!
1: Did you hear what she said? No. <laughs> Is that Robert Duvall? No. (laughs) And Ken Jung says, No, that is not Robert Duvall.
2: (laughs) Is that Robert Duvall?
1: No, that's
2: not Robert Duvall.
1: As we talked about months ago at this point, When this was filmed in February, it leaked very early that Ken Jung was like, I'm out. I'm leaving. See y'all later. This sucks. This is disrespectful, even coming from Fox. And as we can see in the clip, Nicole and Jenny just stay on stage and dance with him.
0: I mean, it really is gross in like multiple ways. It's not even just like, obviously, he is awful. But he also seems like he doesn't have full like mental capacity. Mm -hmm. Like The
1: performance itself is uniquely miserable.
0: Right. Well... (laughs) Doesn't he sing bad to the bone or whatever? Yes. Yeah, in well, a jack in the box. He
1: speaks it. He speaks it. He speaks. Sure, that well, to the bone singing in a really is just
0: speaking. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it's on multiple levels gross. Like it's on multiple levels. I get why it was like a thing. I mean, it clearly was more of a thing then than it is now, though, which is hilarious.
1: It's not even that Ken is the one with the most, I don't know, enviable code of ethics. I genuinely think that Jenny and Nicole don't really understand who or what rudy giuliani is
0: yeah because people were like oh they're like dancing to it it's like i don't think that either of them were like that's rudy giuliani
1: it's not like they were saying oh this man is essentially this like political criminal and we're laughing at it i think they don't really understand the extent of his crimes
0: no they they don't even know who he is or yeah. that he's she a thinks person. it's robert duvall she's like
1: right. i love tender mercies <laughs>
0: Well, I feel like if like Putin sang, you know, what if God was one of us, like as a Jenny would be giant robot. No, she wouldn't even she she would like be like, yeah. And then like wouldn't know it was Putin. She'd be singing along with it. God is great.
1: Yeah. Yeah. God is good. Anyway, that video was really something else. It was one of those things where I was almost disappointed that it leaked early because I feel like. Oh, definitely. I thought we wouldn't care as much when the episode actually happened, but there was still more to see with that Mass Singer clip.
0: It's shocking that there's still more to see on Mass Singer at all. Like that, first of all, that property is alive and well in multiple countries, but also that they managed to have newsworthy moments every season despite Mm -hmm. kind of being over the hill even though it's only been on for like you know four seasons or something
1: yeah I read our pal Dan in Variety last night, this morning, on his take, Uh and it ends with, one hopes that Fox will learn from this, but one suspects, too, that the attention this incident brought to an aging franchise, up to and including this article, means they'll be happy with this result.
0: I love you, Dan, but if you don't think Fox is absolutely (laughs) thrilled with themselves on this one, you are not cynical enough, I guess.
1: They're like, Nicole thought it was Robert Duvall. This is better than we ever could have imagined. (laughs) Also, it's not like Ken quit you know
0: he came back and he was like okay I mean I think they don't know who like maybe 65% of the people are when they're revealed and they just uh-huh. play along like they do and then mm-hmm. it's revealed like I, I think a lot of it I think what they say to them is pretend like you know who it is and then we'll yes. tell you eventually
1: you are listening to who's there our weekly call show where we take your questions comments and concerns at 619 who them let's start with comments as always here's one
2: Hi, Lindsay, Bobby. I'm so glad I finally get to call in because I actually do have some knowledge on this. So, comédienne in French, it just means an actress, but mostly who does theater plays. Anyway, crunch, crunch.
1: It means actress. We got a lot of French people. We got some Canadians. We got French students, you know. (laughs) (laughs) Plenty of people calling to say a comédienne is just an actor.
0: You can really tell that we only have seventh grade French, both of us. Mm -hmm. Eighth grade French. Did you take French in college? You did, didn't you?
1: Yeah, Lindsay. I think I've told that story multiple times on the podcast, uh, and I can't do that again. (laughs) This is embarrassing for you. I took one, two, three, four, five, six years of
0: (laughs) Oh, right, but you weren't good. You weren't good. Oh, I was good. You were asked to leave. I only took it to eighth grade, so. I
1: was totally fine at a high school level, but at a college level, I was A big idiot. I was Nicole Scherzinger in a C of Ken Jeong's. So (laughs) that's what I was in college. So you
0: didn't, you skipped the semester where they discussed the distinction between comedian and actress.
1: I don't even know that I skipped it. I think I just was a big idiot in that class. (laughs) And I loved every second of it.
0: That's so nice, though. You should have been able to keep going, even if you sucked.
1: Yeah, I know. (laughs) It would have really brought down my GPA. But at the time, I thought GPAs mattered. They kind of don't matter at all. I know. I don't even know what my college GPA was.
0: I don't want to know what it was. So, comedian is a serious stage actress. A comedian is a humorist. <laughs> a TV or movie actress would be actrice. Okay, that's great. Just so you know. Thank you to Hugo for emailing that to us.
1: Thanks, Hugo.
2: Hi, Who Weekly. Um, I feel like you missed uh, a, a pretty important detail of this Heidi uh, Montag is that her name? Oh my God. Um is that her name? Okay, sorry. Um, of this story with the uh recycle whatever, not recyclable, single use jeans, is that Oceana is actually Adrienne Grenier's um uh like nonprofit. Um I know that because they sponsored they've done they did like a sponsored room at twenty nine rooms when I used to work at Refinery Twenty Nine, anyways. But I feel like that actually gives, like, a little less credibility to her doing this thing because I feel like she did it not because she's, like, loves the ocean so much, but probably because she's, like, trying to rub elbows with Adrian Grenier because she's, like, a forever Hollywood social climber. That's my POV on the situation. Okay. Crunch, crunch. Happy birthday, Criterion Channel.
1: I still think she did it for the money.
0: She 100% did it just for the money.
1: But you're right. Adrian Grenier is a celebrity ambassador for OceanA, but so are a lot of other celebrities.
0: Yeah, he's not the owner. He has his own, um, the, the straw, the, the nonprofit that got rid of all the straws at Starbucks, which is Lonely called Lonely whale. whale. So if you want to complain whale. about that, talk to Lonely Whale. But he is a <sighs> ambassador for Oceana, among other incredible who's like Nina Dobrev, Catherine McPhee, Josh Jackson, Kobe Smulders, Austin Nichols, Kate Walsh, Miranda Miranda Cosgrove, Cosgrove, Elsa Pataki, (laughs) Josh Lucas.
1: (laughs) Don't forget Chris Pratt. Oh, well, these are thems. Because there are a lot of thems. Like Morgan Freeman is there as well. I was trying to just read The
0: Who's. But then I said Josh Jackson. I was like, hmm, interesting. But then I was also (laughs) like Amber Valletta. (laughs) And speaking of Happy Birthday Criterion Channel, Barbara Streisand. Happy Birthday Criterion Channel.
1: So, Lindsay, have you been on the Oceana? I know we copied and pasted some of the celebrity lists, some of the celebrity names. But have you been to the actual website? Because something nice about the Oceana website, Oceana.org, is that they give every founder, every staff member, every board of director, many of them photos and a lot of the photos, especially of the celebrity supporters, are them wearing Oceana garb, like yes. Oceana merch. Some of yes. them are just headshots, like Kath McPhee just gave a headshot. Barbara Streisand provided a photo of a tightly cropped photo of her hugging Sting. So Sting is sort of like three-quarters of his face is in the photo of Barbara Streisand. Um oh January dude, so Jones. Right. January Jones provided That's a good. photo. I guess like it's sort of like when Gaga puts on her glasses and becomes business gaga. January Jones clearly has a like charity January that she sends. To all of her charitable organizations, when she needs to provide a photo because it's her in like uh, <laughs> some sort of some sort of coat in front of the U.S. Capitol.
0: <laughs> Did you notice that sometimes you click them and they have these bios that connect with why they love the ocean and like what they've done? But then if you mm-hmm. click Barbara's, no, there's nothing. It's just if you know <laughs> Barbara Streisand, and you know if you don't, fuck you. <laughs> You, it's just empty. It's just blank. It's just her and Sting's – out of Sting's face.
1: The board of directors photo, though, is my favorite because if you click on board of directors, the tab on the left under leadership, you have a lot of people whom I've never heard of. They seem to sure. be just like rich people or sure. uh, who That's knows. Fine. People in the charity space. I'm not sure. I know what you're about to say. The, and a lot of these photos are people posed in front of the ocean. Not all of them, but most – The photo of Sam Waterston, however, the chair of the board of directors of Oceana and arguably the most famous person on this list is just his law and order character (laughs) still. I was going to say... He is in an office surrounded by legal books. Uh, and the photo was taken in 1993.
0: Okay, but scroll down to the iconic Ted Danson and he's in front of a whaler. Like he He's is, in front of a
1: whaler,
2: yeah.
0: He's on brand. He loves the ocean. And I would say to Adrian Grenier, if you want to be freaking, you're just a celebrity ambassador, but I would say join the board. Then you can get my love and respect.
1: Exactly. Exactly. Next call.
2: Hi, Lindsay Bobby. Um Pause the pod because you were talking about Gerard Butler at Coachella. Oh, sorry, that's my son in the background. Your youngest hooligan, um, three-month-old hooligan. Uh, anyway, Gerard Butler, Coachella this year, he was famously there a long time ago. I looked it up, 2012, because um, he had sex with a random woman in the porta potties. Um, can't believe you forgot about that. Crunch,
1: crunch. They just went into the porta potty together. We don't know what happened inside that porta potty. That's all the source says. They went to the porta potties and then went to the batch powered by Brent Bolthouse.
0: Not Brent Bolthouse from like Laguna Beach in the hills. Oh my God. Uh, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Fucking somebody in a porta potty is one issue. Fucking somebody in a porta potty at a music festival that's like a high trafficked porta potty is like actually a. <laughs> Health issue.
1: Could have been one of those fancy porta potties that sanitizes itself after every use. You know, maybe sure. Gerard Butler has standards and only fucks in automated porta potties that self sanitize.
0: But it's still just like a hole in the ground. <laughs> 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 Anyways, congrats to him.
1: Next call. Also, not the last Gerard Butler call you'll hear this week. Although maybe it will be if I cut the next segment. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows? Uh, speaking of getting sexy at Coachella. Ooh, is that a Timmy segue? Good call.
0: Timmy's been doing segues. I don't know if you noticed. Which I literally ask you explicitly not to do. Timmy's like, I'm taking the segues <laughs> over. I'm
1: taking the segues. Okay, next call. Speaking of getting sexy at Coachella.
2: Hey, i Um... I know you've already talked about Coachella, but I wanted to read this statement by model Sarah Talabi. She's Nigerian, and she said, everyone is asking me if I was kissing Timothée Chalamet at Coachella, and that is a good question. But a great question would be asking our world leaders why the Earth is now losing 1.2 trillion tons of ice each year due to global warming and why climate crisis reform has been completely ineffective. Sarah Talabi, icon, Crunch Crunch Crunch, Lindsay Podcaster. Hi, Bobby Lindsay. Who is Sarah Talabi, and is she the new Greta Thunberg? Crunch Crunch, Lindsay Podcaster.
0: Wow, a legend emerges from the depths of Coachella, somebody worthwhile, somebody of value.
1: The anti-Gerard Butler, you might say.
0: A model named Sarah who may or may not have kissed Timothy Chalamet at Coachella and then when asked to give a comment said, call your local senator if you want that answer. (laughs) If you want me to tell you if I kissed Timothy Chalamet at Coachella, call your local representative.
1: Don't look where my lips have been. Take a look at your fucking carbon footprint. Why don't you? Okay? Yeah,
0: fill up your gas-guzzling SUV and ask me again, bitch. <laughs>
1: <laughs> We're paraphrasing, of course. Uh, thank, you, caller, for Sarah them, <laughs> thank you caller for reading Sarah Talabi's Thank you caller for reading Sarah Lobby's statement in full. I'm not going to pretend like I knew who this person was who until knew who yesterday. Was? She has over a million followers on Instagram, which I guess doesn't say much, but it says something. She is a model, but she's also, as she calls herself, a microphone for marginalized voices. She's an influencer, but she's also an activist. She's a Victoria's Secret model, but she's also an author.
0: She also said to Page Six, I was dancing at Coachella this weekend as well as the Revolve Festival and a few other private parties. That was me in the photos. My twin sister, Leah Talabi, was there too, she tells Page Six, an exclusive statement. We're all just hanging out and vibing to the music. It was the greatest night of my (laughs) life. I think that really says everything you need to know as well. (laughs) She's calling this night the greatest night of her life.
1: I know. Well, she can be distracted from all the horrors of climate change. You know, she's constantly thinking about you know where we are in terms of the climate crisis. And when she's at Coachella, she can just vibe. She can just make out with Timmy Chalamet with her twin sister, who I think this was page six pointed out that they were born on the same day. And I was like, you don't need to tell us that.
0: <laughs> they define twins. <laughs> yes. But another spy told Demois that Chalamet was also seen with models Chantal Jeffries and Cindy Wolf. To which the owner of Demois wrote, "I don't know who Sarah Talabi is, but you guys are telling me she is." in that pick. bottom line timmy hung out with a lot of different women this weekend just let the kid live okay
1: demois demois <laughs> gets sassy
0: Dumois is like i don't know this woman which to be fair we literally just said we also don't know this woman so mm-hmm. we agree with Dumois there but i do love that she sums it up with like leave timmy alone he's hanging out with lots of women you know
1: mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and he was
0: and yet you're posting it <laughs>
1: So after this statement that she gave went viral, the one the caller read, which I guess we can just read it again in case you couldn't hear it.
0: Everyone is asking me if I was kissing Timothy Chalamet at Coachella, and that is a good question. But a great question would be asking our world leaders why Earth is now losing 1.2 trillion tons of ice each year due to global warming and why climate crisis reform has been completely ineffective. I encourage you to contact your local local representative and ask that. I forgot that she actually said contact your local representative. Oh, yeah,
1: she did. So after this happened, she posted on her Instagram stories uh, a a screenshot from the Washington Post, democracy dies in darkness, Earth is now losing 1.2 trillion tons of ice each year, and it's going to get worse. And she linked out. She linked out.
0: Not to bring up Dumois again, but the submission Timothy Chalamet was dancing with and kissing Victoria's Secret model, Sarah Talabi. right under that, it says, hey, babe, spotted Daniel Radcliffe in Meriwether getting coffee, super low-key and lovely, carrying a giant empty FedEx box. (laughs) So excited to DM you that. I'm doing it off a friend's phone because I left mine in an Uber, a non-police Okay, I'm sorry. This bitch left her phone in an Uber and before she like goes to retrieve it, she's like, I gotta tell you that Daniel Radcliffe was carrying an empty empty FedEx box in Meriwether. I don't even know what Meriwether it is, but I'm so glad that I know. I'm so glad that I know.
1: I'm like fascinated by the fact that celebrities choose to like cuddle up with page six. As much as I love page six, like you'd never catch me out here like giving them an exclusive story. I guess you do it because you know you're going to get coverage. Um, you just have to hope that they're not going to turn on you in the future because if page six turns on you, they will not fucking stop. So a couple of days after this went viral, or maybe one day, there was this headline on page six exclusive, Sarah Tullaby getting death threats amid Timothy Chalamet romance rumors. And... It begins with this editorializing from page six. We're told angry fans have been bombarding the 22-year-old model with frightening direct messages.
0: Yeah, you don't need to read these. They're awful.
1: It quotes all these horrifying threats that she received on Instagram. And it says, quote, one person wrote in a DM to Talabi that was obtained by page six. And then it says, Talabi told us that she worries for those leaving hateful comments because, quote, they are battling their own demons. The story starts with them being like, we just obtained these DMs. We don't know where from. And then... Two paragraphs later, it's like, we were in direct contact with Talabi, and she says she's worried for these people in hopes that they're okay. Yeah. And as Timmy pointed out, she has beauty and brains. She co-wrote a book called The Intersectional Feminist with her sister, Leah.
0: Her twin. How to Amplify the Marginalized Voices in the Feminist Movement. You can mm-hmm. buy it on Amazon or anywhere else.
1: Or anywhere nine ninety nine.
0: Who did this? Very fun because her IG is four things: outfit of the day is twin content, spawn, and intersectional feminism.
1: <laughs> that's that's a Timmy original. It's those are the four topics on Sarah Talabi's Instagram.
0: Outfit of the day, twin content, <laughs> sponsored content. These all can overlap or intersectional <laughs> feminism.
1: <laughs> it's best if they overlap.
0: To be fair, most models don't even have half of these categories. It's nice that she gave this like sassy reply that's kind of funny but also serious. But then she has the like pedigree and the history of having done this work to back it up. Like she's not just like out here being a bitch. She's out here saying something that actually does represent like her work. Like she's a model but she also
1: really cares. It's an established vibe. But if this had been an influencer who doesn't have a history of saying this sort of stuff, this would have been like less embraced, I think, by the tabloids. Because when you go to her Instagram, it's like, oh, no, this has been her stance. This has been her position. Sorry,
0: Bobby, but I think it would have been equally embraced by tabloids because it's funny. But I think it would have been less interesting because it, it would just be more of a joke versus something that she truly, earnestly means. She yeah. earnestly means, please call your representatives. <laughs> please focus on these important things. But you know what? Timmy wasn't even necessarily kissing her. He was kissing like every model that weekend. He also was spotted smooching somebody who people say is Wolfie Wolfie Cindy, Cindy. who I'd never heard of, but is also a model.
1: Wolfie Cindy shot to fame as an Instagram influencer who now has 6.9 million followers. Is a, I guess, vaguely successful model. Verified on Instagram, as I said, 6.9 million followers. This could all have been some weird backdoor thing. We don't know how he found this photo. But the reason she got attention was many years ago, Justin Bieber posted a photo of this random Tumblr girl. She's 17 in in the photo. two thousand
0: and fifteen.
1: She's 17. And he posts the photo of her. I mean, it looks like peak Tumblr era selfie. And the caption is just, OMG, who is this? He never deleted this. This is still up. Because he brought attention to this person, people were like, oh, that's Cindy Kimberly. She's 17 years old. She's on Instagram. And she instantly just becomes an Instagram influencer (laughs) and has since like only grown in fame. Because Justin Bieber said, OMG, who is this?
0: <laughs> Her username suggests she's a fan of Teen Wolf. I don't think that that's what this is. A 2011 series based on the 1985 Michael J. Fox film. She says, "So I so do not know how to deal with this, pointed out. And there were other social media users pretending to be here. Basically, like... He really set her up to be something, but I guess he also Mm -hmm. made her a model, kind of. Yeah. I do love there's a video, there's like a funny paparazzi video that's three seconds long that involves her just getting in a car where the paparazzi says, people on TikTok say you don't look like your Instagram. And she's like, I broke out. (laughs) And then she gets in the car. (laughs) You know, like, what is she supposed to say with that? And then I was like, oh, she has a YouTube. She's vlogged three times. Three vlogs.
1: Speaking of Coachella, or let's use Timmy's segway, speaking of models in the desert.
0: <laughs> we will not be using Timmy segways. Not that I don't think they're good, but segways are really hard for this podcast, as I love to repeat, because sometimes we cut we things. Cut a lot. Then a if lot. you have a segway that goes, speaking of models in the desert, here's something completely different.
1: <laughs> it's like, speaking of Sienna Miller, and then there's just a question about Gerard Butler. It's yeah. Like, like, well, <laughs> whoops. <laughs> Next call. Potentially, speaking of models in the desert. No!
2: <laughs> hey, Lindsay and Bobby. Uh, what is Revolve Fest on TikTok? I keep seeing things that are like Revolve, Fire Fest. It sounds like Revolve, like the clothing website, uh, like did something scammy. Good form.
0: So we didn't really dig into this on our last episode because like it was unclear, but... I thought Revolve Fest was kind of part of Coachella. Like it was a gifting suite within. Me
1: too. It wasn't.
0: It was a completely different event. It was a completely different festival that basically you could have been invited to Revolve and not go to Coachella. Like that's kind of why this is so scandalous because a lot of people came just for this festival and didn't actually buy tickets and go to Coachella. And mm-hmm. then what ended up happening yes. was they reached capacity very fast. And the buses that were busing people out from a random parking lot to like an undisclosed location to obviously prevent the crowding at the spot. Mm-hmm. Those buses got fewer and fewer because there were so many people there that people were waiting in line for like three to four hours, despite everybody getting the same like influencer type welcome invitation email. Mm-hmm. So I think what happened was everybody thought they were an influencer. And nobody was an influencer except for like Kendall Jenner.
1: (laughs) And the thing is, as you pointed out later on in this research, there were plenty of people at Revolve and they were a lot more famous than the people who were waiting to get a bus.
0: But I think what the funny thing kind of is, is that the people who were waiting thought that they were influencer enough to go because they didn't realize that Revolve had gotten all these big, big, big names. Like they were, mm-hmm. they kind of thought this is like the not Coachella. Like there'll be less of a hectic vibe here. Revolve is just a clothing company. They make, they're not fast fashion y because their clothing's a little bit more expensive, but they kind of are fast fashion y.
1: Yeah. They're fast fashion-y in the sense that they try to be on top of the trends or, in fact, like, create trends. Like, it's still trendy clothing. It's just not ASOS.
0: It's just weird because, like, you go on there and there's, like, expensive dresses and you're like, okay, what's the deal here? Are these, like, crappy (laughs) dresses? But anyways, Revolve Festival is, like, they have music and you wear their clothing, I guess. There was, like, a gifting suite where you could, like, take the clothing
1: and they've been doing this f- since at least 2017. So this has been a part of the Coachella vibe for, you know, four or five years. I guess Coachella didn't necessarily happen last year, but this has been an established event and it is separate.
0: I do love that this definitely happened before, but this was the first year that people were loud enough and had good TikToks about it that they had to be like, sorry. I think that this yeah. is the first year that it got actually publicized that it was shitty because people were like, this is like Firefest, Fest, which... It's kind of not, but that's fine. We'll let you make that comparison. Either way, they had to apologize, they said. With an event of this magnitude, city regulations mandate an off-site location for guest check-in and parking, as well as licensed shuttle transportation to and from the venue, blah, blah, blah. The off-site lot was set up with guest parking as well as a rideshare drop-off and blah, blah. We don't need to know that. As the festival is reaching capacity late Saturday afternoon, shuttle access to the venue was limited in order to remain in compliance with safety regulations, causing longer wait times for entry and resulting in some guests not being able to attend the festival.
1: And some of the guests may have actually paid like $2,000 to get in. Wait, really?
0: I thought it was free.
1: Did you see this? Someone, uh, an influencer posted the email that they had received from Revolve Loyalty Program that invited them to the event. And it says, it's not too late for you to join us in the desert. We're inviting you to this year's Revolve Festival. Me, taking place in this in. in La Quinta, uh, to me, put this in. Taking place in La Quinta, California from April 16th to April 17th, we're bringing back one of Revolve's biggest events. By purchasing a $2,000 Revolve Festival what? gift card, we'll include a Revolve Festival wristband for you to join in on the fun. So it's like, go to our website, spend money on the clothes, and then buy a two thousand dollar gift card and we'll give you a wristband
0: it cost money sometimes it didn't cost money other times like it was a confusing scenario so for that if that person paid two thousand dollars and didn't get in that sucks
1: well, the person who posted this didn't spend the money. The person who posted this posted it on Twitter. their are Playboy Chi on Twitter, okay. and they said, "Y'all know Revolve Festival has to be a joke because I also got an invite to attend for the bargain price of two thousand dollars." Crying face, crying face, crying face. They literally just invited every recurring customer. It's tragic to me that like the controversy that came from this was because people were stranded waiting for buses. But the only reason they were waiting for buses is because Revolve was trying not to make another Fire Fest. You know, like they were trying to be conscious of fire code and safety protocols and all these things, but it ended up blowing up in their face anyway.
0: It was more of a TanaCon than a (laughs) FireFest. Let's be real. (laughs) it wasn't
1: FireFest. It wasn't FireFest because also this is a group that had done this before. But also I, I was looking at photos of the earliest Revolves and it looks like I can't really tell because people, I think people who don't go to Coachella kind of have a hard time picturing the geography of Coachella. I know I do. Like, I don't really understand where anything is. Is it Palm Springs? Is it Palm Desert? Is there a difference between these things? Like, is it in Indio? Where is Indio? And so... (laughs) It's like it's hard to tell where things are, but I found these photos of Revolve 2017 and they all refer to it as being like the Revolve house at Coachella in Palm Springs. And it's like, okay, so maybe Revolve started as one of those hype houses or those branded houses like we talked about on Tuesday and got bigger.
0: It definitely started as like a as like a booth within Coachella or whatever. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So that's how it seems like this has evolved. It's gotten bigger and bigger and bigger every year, and now it's almost too big.
0: It almost seems like planning a festival is a really hard job, (laughs) and you have to be really good at it to make it successful. And wow, Coachella, and wow, other festivals, wow – I can't think of any other ones. uh, Bonnaroo. Wow. Bonnaroo. Lollapalooza.
1: Austin City Limits. These are incredible feats
0: that people don't get hurt and 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 you're able to get in and have a good time. And there's enough bathrooms and there's enough everything. Sorry. This is all like me watching the Woodstock 99 (laughs) document. Anyways, Revolve is good at selling clothes, bad at throwing a festival. Try again next year. Best of luck.
1: Moving on. No segue. I love this call.
2: Hi, Weekly. Apparently something happened with Joji at Coachella, but I'm just like, who's Joji? Crutch, crutch.
1: Classic call.
0: Classic. Something happened with Joji at Coachella, but I'm like, who's Joji? <laughs> Who is
1: Joji? It's very rare that like I'll do research on someone and be like, wow, well, I've never heard of them. I feel old. Like, I never really... Feel old doing this that doesn't really hit me but this made me feel if not old then like weirdly oblivious because i went to his youtube and his spotify and just saw like the amount of fans that he has
0: but i can tell you why it made you feel because i know why it made me feel elderly why joji is this artist he does music he used to be a very popular youtuber named filthy frank Mm -hmm. And as that YouTuber, he was like, his whole thing was like being disgusting. And one of the things that he did was he invented the Harlem Shake.
1: No, he didn't. How did I not realize that? He invented the Harlem Shake?
0: Yes. Like in our timeline as old people, that's where we let off. That's where we got off the bus. We're like, okay, see you later. This guy did the Harlem Shake. We're getting off the bus. It is our stop. He's the pink
1: guy. No, he's not. Oh, my God. When Timmy was saying he's the pink guy, I was like, why does this look familiar? I'm oh telling my God. you. The other
0: funny thing about this is, again, not throwing Timmy under this bus that we just got off of because we're old. Oh. But Timmy didn't even – the Harlem Shake, I don't think, means a lot to Timmy. He didn't even pull that out as amazing. And then I'm looking through this and I'm like, he's the Harlem Shake guy? <laughs> That's so funny. <laughs> so this guy – did this actually iconically successful pivot from being known as a disgusting YouTuber to being a respected musician who's performing at Coachella as himself, not a pink guy.
1: When I listened to his music, I was like, well, what's this gonna be? And it's totally good. It's, it's good. like good. It's very lo fi, it's very vibey, and he has a nice voice.
0: It reminds me of Khalid.
1: Yes. It reminds me of Khalid meets one of those lo-fi YouTube channels that people have on all the time. What are some other Timmy notes? He has a very big Asian audience due to being an 88 rising.
0: It's a management company slash record label. They also represent Rich Brian. I don't know if you remember Rich Brian. He did not go by Rich Brian until relatively recently. He went by a different name that I will not say. But mm-hmm. he was a kind of comedian rapper, which is what Joji yeah. was originally as the pink guy. He like released a comedy album. So I think this... I think this management group slash record company was just a bunch of guys who were like doing funny comedy music that kind yeah. of like got together and then Joji like turned into like a different artist. But it mm-hmm. really is interesting because it's like they have a huge fandom as just a management company, kind of like they do in K pop, where like you have a record label or management company that has a fandom itself, almost like A twenty four. Like I was gonna like, say it's
1: like <laughs> it's like the A twenty four of music. Where you're people are like, like, like if I, I stan like this A twenty
0: four or I stan um uh, let's say you're like I stand cadence 13 podcasts you're like or if I stand, you know <laughs> whatever like a brand of you know gimlet or like whatever then you love all the things yeah. under the brand this is kind of like that
1: what is the really iconic k-pop one uh yg yeah I just love yg artists they have is it yg Blackpink. That, yeah, yeah they have like icon and black pink and um uh, they used to have to anyone it's just like big labels that have their own fandoms because they are so distinct.
0: Well, you're right. K-pop is really good at, at creating a label that has a fandom versus even just a band that has a fandom. Therefore, when they launch a new band, it's like as exciting as if a, if one of the bands you already know puts out an album because you're like, yeah. I trust the label to like make good talent. I mean. What's funny is we've already, like, said who he is, and it's more interesting than what happened. What happened was he, like, had a health issue and had to leave the stage. And then I guess yeah. he had written that, like, Coachella made him go back out on stage to finish his performance. And then people and he didn't were want really to. mad because obviously that's, like, not very nice. But he posted, see you at Coachella week two. So clearly whatever happened, like, he's performing next weekend or this weekend or yeah. whatever.
1: I think the fact that he left the stage and Coachella is live streamed and the I mean, God bless, like all of the software, the AI and the manpower that goes behind taking down recordings of Coachella live streams because you think that it's easy to find like footage that has been on television or streaming on the Internet. That may be true for a lot of things, but it's not true of Coachella videos because that shit gets taken down. Instantly, did you see that tragic Doja Cat thread where it was like Doja performed during Coachella? Here are the best moments, and it's just a bunch of copyright removals. (laughs) It's just like a bunch of emptiness.
0: To be fair, they do a good job. They do a they spend a lot of money with those live streams, so it's like Mm -hmm. I'm not surprised that they're litigious because that is not cheap. And to be fair, like you can really. They work really well. The Coachella live streams work well. You could just yeah, watch great. the entire thing from your couch. Like, it's kind of iconic in that way.
1: It's not one of those live stream things where it's like, oh, I'll catch it later. Because you can't. You, you In yeah. most instances, you can't. You have to yeah. watch it live or else you don't really get the shot. So Joji's performance was just weird because he left in the middle of it and then they, like, shut it off. I didn't watch it live. And again, it's hard to verify and fact check these things because the recordings of the live streams don't really exist. But... People were upset with the fact that like his live stream was interrupted and then they move on to another artist. But I, it seems like based on this Instagram where he says, see you Coachella week two that you read, that all is going to be rectified next week. It was one of those things that seemed more dramatic than it was.
0: More importantly, you mentioned CL, CL mm-hmm. performed and reunited to anyone, which is like so big that Coachella, which I like don't even think got enough attention. Yeah. And next week uh my favorite girlies from the Thanksgiving Day parade, Espa are performing. <laughs> remember them?
1: Okay, which float were they on? Do you remember? Um
0: no, I fucking don't. It was something don't.
1: funny. Wait, um Espa. It was the Women in STEM. It was the Women in, stem, the women float. in yes. STEM float. Yes. It was the Women in STEM float. Yes. Her future is STEM-sational.
2: Her future <laughs> sponsored is sponsored
1: by Olay.
0: Sponsored by Olay.
1: What did they sing? like savage saying savage yeah
0: i love this i feel like they're performing at coachella is a huge improvement like they they made it to the next level
1: mm-hmm. timmy segway we may or may not use speaking of asian excellence
2: hi Lindsay, bobby medium time medium time i am one of the you know very thrilled people who just saw everything everywhere all at once this movie is so good I just cannot recommend it enough. Um, and I thought, like, the best performance in it was uh, Stephanie Hsu, um, who plays the main character's daughter. And the only other thing I recognized her from was um, the last season of Mrs. Maisel, or the, you know, next to last season. She's um, She's incredible. And I want to know more about her. Where do you, what's, what's her deal? She seems great. Uh, yeah. So can you tell me about Stephanie Hsu? Thanks. Crunch, crunch.
0: Is this one of those scenarios where the person is genuinely like kind of new? Like it's, it is more of a like this is an early role, right?
1: This is an early role, especially on film. We were almost did this last week, and I was like, what are we going to say about this person? It's new. And Timmy was like, it'll make sense once you see the movie. And I saw the movie, everything, everywhere, all at once. And I was like, okay, now I get what people are calling in on it. Because this is a movie starring Michelle Yeoh in a performance that people are like, give her the Oscar. I guess including myself was screaming that. But like... In a movie that is led by this huge movie star, she carries her own in a way that is very impressive and scene-steely. Where you're like, okay, who is this person who's like going toe-to-toe, head-to-head with Michelle Yeoh? And it's Stephanie Hsu. Cool. Again, this is she's in Everything, Everywhere, All at Once. The new movie by the director's The Daniels, who we'll get to in a second because this is part of the same segment. And she did kind of come out of nowhere... Not just because she came from Broadway, which, not no offense, it's not nowhere, but even on Broadway, she came out of nowhere. I'm quoting, I think this is Hollywood Reporter, no Harper's Bazaar. She was cast at an early table read of SpongeBob SquarePants, the Broadway musical.
0: That's so funny. Coming from
1: kind of nowhere. And then that show was kind of a cult hit. It didn't run for that long, right, Lindsay? Like, it didn't run for that long, but everyone was obsessed People with it. People
0: loved it, yeah.
1: When it was announced the reaction was what the hell is this but the true heads who knew about like the off-Broadway stuff and knew that it was cool were like no no no, trust me this is going to be awesome and it apparently was awesome I never saw it regrettably then she was in Be More Chill which had a similar vibe which was a Broadway show that like was very if you know you know you got to see this play this musical Be More Chill then she was on Marvelous Mrs. Maisel do you still watch Marvelous Mrs. Maisel did you watch her season? Please don't ask
0: me that question. (laughs) Please don't ask me a question you know the answer to. I guess no, I, I, I know who she is Did you is watch on. the
1: season she was on it? Yes, I did. Okay. Was she good in those seasons?
0: Sure. Yeah, definitely. But not, you know, breakout, I would say, if I had to. it's not. It wasn't a role that caused it. There's no role on that show that's going to cause anyone to do anything yeah. at all. <laughs> the, the,
1: the reason she got this role in Everything, Every World at Once is because the Daniels, Daniel Kwan and Daniel Scheinert... Who are the co-directors who we'll talk about in a second directed an episode of Aquafina is Nora cool. from Queens, and she was in it, and they were like, We like this person.
0: My favorite name of a TV show, Aquafina is Nora from Queens.
1: Aquafina <laughs> is Nora from Queens. Truly
0: one of the funniest names of a TV show that's ever existed. Because it, it, yes. it, it tells you, it begs you to know what it's talking about. <laughs> and
1: in many instances, people still have no idea what it's talking about, <laughs> despite their best efforts.
0: Aquafina is Nora. Nora from Queens. It's like, okay, we get it. It's very Zendaya, it's Michi.
1: <laughs> you walk by the subway and you're like, what's this show about? And Lindsay's screaming at you. Aquafina Aquapita is Nora, is from, Nora Queens.
0: from Queens. Wow. What are
1: you not getting?
0: And Mad About You is back for a reunion season <laughs> on Comcast. Sorry, that poster is still there.
1: <laughs> and Morena Baccarin and Ryan Michelle <laughs> Bathe are the leads of The End Game on NBC. <laughs>
0: Subway ads really work on us. I think that's like what the – like really the the essential thesis of this is that we are very affected by subway ads. What subway ad worked on me
1: so fucking hard recently, (laughs) I was walking into the subway – and I was in the middle of a conversation, Did and I you was like, "Stop it in your tracks!" I stopped the conversation, and I took a photo of the subway. Actually, what I meant to send it? it to you, and I completely forgot because the what? train came, and then I couldn't send it. Okay. The Jeff Lethem Botanical Gardens show, <laughs> oh, not at the Brooklyn keep, one, at the Bronx I keep one.
0: Seeing it, it's an orchid show.
1: It's an orchid show, but it's done by Jeff Lethem. Yeah, florist to yeah. the stars. Yeah, He's trying to legitimize himself as some kind of artist, as opposed to like wow. purveyor okay. of the gaudiest gifts imaginable. You know. It's true, and I was like, I gotta see this.
0: I gotta see this show. <laughs> I, gotta I gotta see to the see Jeff Lethem Orchid Show in the Bronx.
1: There is no better advertising than Subway ads. You are it's true. You are right about that. It's
0: true. So the Daniels met this woman on the set when she was on Aquafina Is Nora from Queens, and they said, "We love you."
1: And they're apparently, I mean, I'm. I'm this is again, I think, all from the Harper's. There are two profiles that, like, I got most of the information from Harper's and Thrillist. They had cast, I guess, Michelle, and they were like, well, who's going to play the daughter? Like, that's going to be really tough. It's easy to write a role for Michelle, but how are we going to cast this woman who's as important? And in walks Stephanie Shu, and they're like, oh, you're fucking perfect. So they cast her. Now she's in this movie. It's a big deal. We'll see what happens. It's, it's hard to know, like, what
0: her aspirations were. I'm sorry, but I can't imagine a theater actress wouldn't want to do TV and film. So that's Stephanie Shu. The Daniels are the ones who directed this movie. They are probably best known for, which is hilarious. I mean, Swiss Army Man, which was like kind of a small movie that made a big splash, quote unquote, because it was so stupid. It was a Daniel Radcliffe as a as a farting um, corpse.
1: I love Paul Dano in Swiss Army Man.
0: Do you? <laughs> no, that was the call. Remember, people oh, were talking right. about their favorite yes, Paul Danos. Sorry. Right. Yes. yes I
1: yes. love Paul Dano in Swiss Army Man. Their most iconic thing to me, having not seen Swiss Army Man, because I just look at the poster and trailer for that and think, not for me, it's, prove it's, me wrong. Not to be
0: whatever, but it's a play. <laughs> a two-hander about okay. like a man on an island who like befriends a corpse. Like that's a play, baby. Like
1: Are you about to tell me like it's about trauma?
0: No, I'm not gonna say anything about what it's about, but like okay. it is it just reminds me of that. They're most famous for to us, the turndown for what video, which was hugely this impactful. Huge,
1: <laughs> a hugely impactful video. And honestly when i watched it again last night after seeing everything everywhere all at once i was like oh they're so true to their aesthetic so i guess that i haven't seen swiss army man but it's like it's interesting to me that everything everywhere all at once seems like such a logical progression for these people because it's their style is so distinctive and vulgar and funny
0: well listen they met at emerson college in boston after studying 3d animation so think about Mm -hmm. it like they were studying 3D animation and they met and they made a short video event, a short movie eventually. It totally makes sense that their entire part of their aesthetic are these camera tricks and these kind of like incredibly beautiful aesthetic like cut shots and zooms and like whatever they're doing with the camera that are just inventing like essentially new forms of yeah. filmmaking. Turned on for what is silly, but it does do that. <laughs>
1: to create a video that is as unique and hypnotic and energizing as that song, which is essentially just a repeating beat and one lyric over and over and over again.
2: (laughs)
0: for what is the Harlem Shake song, right? No. What's the Harlem Shake song? I hate
2: this. I hate this.
0: It's like traumatizing. (laughs) There's a scene in one of the worst best shows on TV called We Crashed where... Jared Leto, as the owner of um, WeWork, is like giving a presentation and he hears the Harlem Shake music and he's like, one second, and then goes out and does the Harlem Shake. And it's supposed to be like, what? He's crazy.
1: I love that we each have our own uh, private Apple TV Plus moments. Like you're very <laughs> stuck in We Crash, and I'm I very stuck in Slow Horses, and the Venn diagrams will never overlap.
0: <laughs> I mean, I might watch Slow Horses. You're just never gonna watch We Crash.
1: I'll watch We Crash. Oh. Everyone keeps saying how good Annie is, and I gotta she's support Annie. She's so you know? go-
0: the the voice that she's doing in We Crash is like none other. It's like you think that like. Amanda Seyfried as Elizabeth Holmes is doing a voice that you that is iconic. You haven't heard Annie Hathaway as whoever that woman is, Rebecca Cohen or whatever her name is, in freaking We Crashed. Turned down for what? I didn't know this, but one of the Daniels is the star of Turned On for What, which is I think is really cool because they were trying to cast the role. Oh,
1: that's one of the Daniels yeah. with the and powerful he was like, dick.
0: You are the best dancer we know. We can't get anyone better than you. And the other person in the video is Sunita Mani from Glow.
1: She's great. Yeah, this was kind of a breakout for her.
0: It was a hundred percent a breakout for her. Uh,
1: this this video and this aesthetic, there's something extremely juvenile about it, and very easy to like groan and roll your eyes at. But like, even though I already liked that video. I appreciated it more after seeing the movie because I was like, hey, I got to respect like an aesthetic that is very uniquely yours and that you are very, very good at.
0: But it's like they took a song that was like silly and populous and made a video that had this like almost like underground subtle thread of like ingenuity. So it's like kind of cool to see that like and at the time people thought it was genius. So I don't even think Mm -hmm. that at the time people were like writing it off. It's not one of those things that's like. A camp classic where it's only appreciated now at the time people were like this is amazing how did you do how did you do this
1: the video has over a billion views on youtube
0: It's <laughs> insane
1: they directed a foster the people video that a lot of videos uh they've directed Questions. a lot but this one stood out for me because this is the one with um Gabry sidibe is in it so that was like oh the Gabry Sidibay video yeah because this song is forgettable right. but the video is it's memorable but it's also
0: like not crazy to go from music videos to directing film because that's what so many directors have done that's not even mu- though music videos aren't even that impactful anymore so many directors get their starts directing music videos and then go on to direct film fincher being the most famous but you know sorry
1: Lindsay, right? you're not music videos aren't impactful anymore are you speaking ill of lord's Secret from a girl who's seen it all <laughs> oh
0: my god stop don't i'm a solar power stand. don't uh, tease me <laughs>
1: What did Lala say about the the snippet, the literal snippet of the Western Wind? Carly rejects Jepsen's new uh, iconic song Western Wind or something. She goes, "It's like, it's like they connected the solar power to the windmill grid or something like that." What did that's she not, say?
0: I don't know, but it's like that's not how power works. <laughs>
1: Whatever. Hold on.
0: It's not. That's not how. Like, I gotta see what Lala put. It. it was like.
1: She goes, I got it. Solar power if it were plugged into a wind turbine. And I'm like, <laughs> what does I love that this. Mean? I that love doesn't this. Mean lava. Anything. Based on a 30 second snippet of a Carly Ray Jepsen song that is deeply vibey. But um, like
0: also truly though, between Western wind and solar power, the girls are interested in new renewable energy and we're here for it.
1: Oh, wow. This is a very climate conscious episode. I love that for yes, us.
0: Yes, it is. It is.
1: We're going to tell you about a new show called Jocular hosted by ER Fightmaster, whom we've talked about on the podcast before, TN Tran and Katie Kershaw. They're comedians, they're writers, and they're also best friends who are obsessed with women's sports. Kind of like I'm Oh, I want to learn Francais, so when I go to Francais, I can speak French with the person in You go to France. Quebec! But really, I'm speaking I'm speaking on a, like, dream level, which is also great. Use Rosetta Stone to learn the language of a place you're dreaming of visiting. But also, practically, it makes more sense for me to learn Spanish. And if I'm going to learn Spanish, I'm going to do it on Rosetta Stone.
0: That's amazing.
1: They've been the trusted expert for 30 years with millions of users, and they have 25 languages offered. You have fast language acquisition because they immerse you in the language. There aren't English translations, so you really learn to speak. You listen. You think in the language with a Stone. And it has an intuitive process, so you pick up the language naturally. First words, then phrases, then sentences, which means it's designed for long-term retention. And...
0: for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com slash who. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash who today.
2: Hi, Ricky, Bobby. Short time, short time. I'm new. Can, I'm assuming you're going to talk about it, but I have so many questions about the, candy D. Wayne Newton exiting the like Magic Mike sequel? Because it's getting like, I don't think it's that interesting, but it's getting so much coverage like i just googled it and there were like 12 articles i just think it's like not that unusual but then like page six says she had a breakdown and is she a who i don't know um that's all crunch crunch
0: welcome i'm new
1: welcome you're new we rarely get a newbie calling in so welcome. proudly <laughs> Hi, newbie. So to answer your question, why is this, this Way Newton getting so much attention? It's messy. It's sad. And we don't really know the the full story yet. But the first answer to your question is because of the he said, she said coming from multiple different camps. So Way Newton was cast in Magic Mike 3 opposite Channing Tatum. I think
0: also because Magic Mike 3 is a big movie, not just because of the he said, she said. It's not only that, it's a big movie. And they already started filming the movie. So I think when a, when an actor exits a movie based on that, it can be a little bit like what happened here, as well as obviously the way that she exited was yeah. kind of confusing, but also a little bit scandalous in a way.
1: She exits the movie, and the first page six headline is that their sources tell them that she exited the movie because she and Channing Tatum got into a huge blowout fight on set in front of people ...about the Oscar slap. And they were on opposing sides of the Oscar slap conversation. We don't know what the sides were, just that they were fighting.
0: And that was swiftly denied by her people... And that's the only kind of statement that they gave on the record was that that specific story wasn't true. But then I think what happened was the real story happened, which was that she's getting a divorce from her husband, director Al Parker. They've been married for 24 years. They have two kids. So it's like I think maybe they were maybe trying to not have that be out there. But as opposed to a fight with Channing Tatum over the slap, maybe they prefer that Mm
1: -hmm. over. I
0: don't know. I mean, it just seemed like a little bit of a switch.
1: Yeah, it very quickly like shifted the narrative from like, this is about Will Smith to no, this is about Tandy Way, kind of exclusively. This is yeah. just about her. And all of this comes out dumped in the same basically forty-eight hours, which is they got in a fight. It was about the slap. No, they didn't. But she is actually leaving. And the fight was over personal issues that may stem from the fact that she's been split from Ol Parker, whom she's been with for over two decades. And right. she's really upset. And her friends are telling her to go to rehab. She's allegedly saying, I don't need to go to rehab. What, what do I even need to go to rehab for? Because as we know, rehab could mean anything like rehab right what does that even mean
0: no one's implying drugs we don't have any information about that but what i think maybe they were saying was exhaustion stress exhaustion or something. Uh, yeah. you know you're working a lot you're losing a little bit of track of yourself etc cetera, etc cetera. so like mm-hmm. that was maybe the assertion but the her saying i don't need to go to rehab stuff is all brand brand new like i that's like coming out of nowhere to me
1: We'll get into the person that she's rumored to be, I don't know, sparking up a new friendship with in a second. But I think the other reason that this was so compelling to people is because we've been in a bit of a tendiwaisance in the past couple of years. Thanks in part two, Westworld. And I think the Westworld conversation was so exciting and inspiring to people because we love when actors of a certain age aka not young Timmy Chalamets kind of get what's coming to them and get the attention that they've been overdue for for a while and Way kind of came back swinging in Westworld and stole all the thunder from all the other hot young stars in that definitely.
0: show definitely I also think that people forget why we're saying Way instead of Tandy Newton which is the name that she went by for a long time but she basically reclaimed that name after having it like misspelt originally she told British Vogue 30 years ago that yeah. the W was mistaken Mistakenly left out of the very first screen credit, and she stuck with Tandy ever since. She just kind of went with it, but now she's kind of like that was a mistake, and I want to reclaim it back.
1: That's always been her name. So this is the most recent headline as of recording: Tandy Way Newton resisting rehab has grown close to musician sources, and mm. so now not not only is she in the middle of a separation from Ol Parker, who Ol Parker also has only risen in his, I don't know, notoriety since they first met because he's had a couple of kind of surprising hits in his career. Yeah. He wrote the best exotic miracle hotel. He directed, he wrote and directed, mama I Mia think too. a really bad lesbian movie called imagine me and you, but oh, mama Mia mama and mama Mia, Mia too. too. old Parker joints, you know, like Ma- Old Ma- Parker Ma- is uh, too. is yeah. popping up.
0: Did you see this source where it says uh, they are not, believed to have filed for divorce quote unquote yet in parentheses although one London showbiz source claimed quote I know Tandy Way and all have been struggling for a while all seen is more hanging out with Brits and fellow writers like Richard mm-hmm. Curtis yeah. he has a low key life the implication that Tandy Way is out and about, that she's kind of more of a celebrity, celebrity and all is more low key. Although if you've been together 24 <laughs> years, I'm sorry, but that dynamic being new or different or, or stressful seems like it would be something you figured out already. Yeah, you know?
1: exactly. Exactly.
0: But maybe the Tandy Way Newton, but maybe the Tandy Way Re- 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 Renaissance, what'd you call it? Tandy way Maybe that has put her in a different vibe. Maybe she's vibing.
1: Well, no, I think so, too, because I think that a lot of it, remember her, Alex at Vulture did that really long interview with her a couple of years ago at this point, yes. like deep in the pre-vaccine pandemic?
0: Yes in conversation
1: it was a very long in conversation where she was very off the cuff it was great it, it just seemed to be coming from a place of i'm reevaluating myself and my career and i think the name change has a lot to do with that like she's shifting the perception of herself and she's trying to repair the way she is perceived by others so it's not surprising to me that like her relationships would be strained also a lot of her kids are kind of grown at this point point. one of them's 21 the youngest one is eight but like The other one's almost 18, so she has two basically adult kids.
0: The oldest one is developing a TV show written by Ripley Parker called The Fuck It Bucket with Netflix. Okay. Okay. I'm just saying, like, she has kids that are old enough to be developing their own fucking TV shows. Yes. In February of this year, Ripley made headlines at 16 when she approached Boris Johnson and said, My name is Ripley, and I just want to tell you, you're a cunt. (laughs) Good for Ripley. Yeah, Good for Ripley. I, mean, anyways, I love it. I love their offspring.
1: So Tandiwe is now allegedly, I don't know, she's struck up a friendship with the mm. singer who goes by Loner. His name is Loner. His birth name is Elijah Diaz. His stage name is Loner with a period. L-O-N-R period. He
0: gave a quote to the Post. He
1: gave. I cannot believe this. Should not the rumor that. was that Tandiwe and Loner were seeing each other and becoming friends. So the Post reaches out to him because he's not super famous. But he's released some music. I'll play some of it here. He has a song with her, which is so hysterical to me. So this is one of his most notable things: a song Make the Most with literally her.
0: Ladies and gentlemen, her. I wanna grow oh, wish you, make the most wish you the
1: The post goes, Hey loner, what's the deal with you and Tendiwe? And he goes, quote, from the relatively short time I've been fortunate to spend with her, I know Tendiwe and Oliver all care deeply about the welfare of their children that's all I care about right now.
0: Yeah, I can't tell if this is more confirming that there's something going on here or denying. I feel like if you were denying that there was anything going on past just maybe meeting each other once or twice, you wouldn't give a statement. This almost feels like I'm inserting myself into the narrative like very purposefully and then we have been hanging out.
1: (laughs) She is my friend and I know her well and she has a heart of gold and like I won't even begin to let you disparage her in the press. Like, it's coming out of a place of like deep admiration, you Is can he
0: tell. Really 24 years old. <laughs> I
1: think he's 25. But none of the rumors say that they've have used romantic language like there's no canoodling language there's no sexy pda language they're implying yeah
0: has grown close to i don't know maybe also i also feel weird about this because it also feels like maybe his people are putting out some sort of narrative about her that may or may not be true to make her look bad oh she's out partying with twenty five year olds, and I'm just trying to hang out with Richard Curtis, my my uh, my uh my ch- uh, my chap, my mate, my chap, my mate Richard, my mate, my mate. <laughs> Sorry, it took me a while to find that. Yeah. Anyways, it feels a little, it feels a little, uh, feels a little weird.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: But like the Will Smith stuff was denied and quickly forgotten. A lot like the Will Smith stuff in general, kind of gone. It's like we're not talking about it anymore. The Red Table well, Talk season four or the- five trailer dropped. Not a mention of it. You know what I'm surprised by in the what? Red Table Talk trailer? The what? amount of screen time given to one Ireland Baldwin. I haven't seen I that much of Ireland Baldwin in my entire life. And she's half of that trailer.
0: She came back. There was a part where they had her, then she left, then she came back. It was like, really?
1: Because she's with Kim, her mom, basing her. Then she's one-on-one with Willow.
0: I understand. Willow and Ireland have a lot in common. I, I, I think it it is like... An interesting conversation worth setting up that, like the producers of that show know that they're going to get some good stuff. Like if they have these two children of huge celebrities, and you know in what we're going to get, yeah,
1: we're going to get conversation about the voicemail that Alec left Ireland many years ago. Oh my ago. god,
0: what is it? Like the you're a pig,
1: fat pig. You're a fat oh, pig or something. God. Yeah, awful. Yeah, awful. Awful. yeah.
0: we're going to get. How do you feel about him having a million kids? <laughs> we're going to get it <laughs> exactly. all I exactly. Mean, I think it's also a lot of this was probably shot before the slap. There's no way they would have a yeah. full a full slate of episodes like ready to go with a trailer now mm-hmm. if they were filming it after. Like, it, I know they could have added something on or filmed a segment, but it's been, when was the slap? A few weeks ago. Clearly these episodes have been in the can.
1: Four weeks ago? Wow. Yeah. yeah.
0: Anyways, we'll see.
1: Anyways, next call. Speaking of the slap, just kidding. <laughs>
2: I just saw on Twitter that that Miranda Cosgrove interview where she's like, mm-hmm, I care sometimes also includes a story about her stalker dying at her house. I feel like that's the lead that got buried, right? Did we talk about that? Crunch, crunch.
1: We didn't know about this, or at least I didn't know. Wait.
0: So the clip where she's like, what's your okay. favorite swear so word? Probably fuck. And then Probably it's like, fucked. And then TikTok turned into like a beautiful song. Probably fuck. So from that interview, there's a dark tale.
1: Exactly. Earlier this week, at least to me, uh, a TikTok, this is always how it happens, a TikTok goes viral on that platform, then appears on my Twitter feed, and it is from a TikTok user, Melina Magosha, and it's just like a TikToker who says, who plays the probably fuck part, and then it cuts to her front-facing, and it's a very recognizable TikTok format where you play the clip, smash cuts you you being like, here's the thing. Why are we talking about this part of this two-year-old interview with Whitney Cummings, Miranda Cosgrove on Whitney Cummings podcast from 2020? <laughs> Why are we talking about this and not the stuff that she says before this, which is a man went into Miranda Cosgrove's backyard while she was gone on a bad date. The story is longer. She's on a bad date at the Arclight with a with man who's wearing zebra pants and she's making fun oh. of him. And while this is all happening... A man goes into her backyard, I guess waits for her, but even as she says in this interview, they don't know if he had been waiting for her for a long time, if he just picked her randomly, if this was a stalking thing, they don't know.
2: But yeah, he was just like pacing in my backyard, I guess, and uh, because I have like security cameras, so later when we looked, we figured out he was back there for like like six hours or something, like waiting, and then somebody drove up that had a similar car, like that kind of looked like my car, and I guess he... got confused and he thought that maybe it was me driving up. It's just like bad luck. And he like shot at this person like six times and he missed because she was in a car. She drove away. And then he set himself on fire and he shot himself simultaneously. And then later so I gotta call at like three or four in the morning. This happened probably at like one in the morning. I gotta call at like three or four in the morning saying like, Where are you? Like, can you come like to your house? Because someone like Killed themselves there.
0: Well, you know what? She was going to see Pitch Perfect three, and she told this story in a different podcast as well, the Brett Goldstein's podcast, and she said Pitch Perfect three might have saved my life. <laughs> She's at least trying to be funny about this because it's so disturbing. It's horrifying. Like, yeah, I could tell you why this part of the story didn't go viral. It's not fun.
1: It's not fun. You know, you need a probably fuck, or you need someone smashing their head on the railing of
0: their bed, going ah. <laughs> I have to say, I have to say, it's not that note. Uh, it's not that. It's more that. Uh, <laughs> it's more that. <laughs> I have to say, though, like, out of all bad date excuses, this has got to be... This is one of the best. I looked at the TMZ report of this. iCarly star Miranda Cosgrove, man found dead near Hollywood Hills home. This was... December seventeenth, two thousand sixteen. Wow, this was a while ago. Anyways, they explain what happened, but then at the end, it just says, "And get this: Charlie Hunnam happened to stroll by the crime scene as everything was going down. Talk about a celeb-stacked neighborhood." And then it's just a picture of Charlie Hunnam <laughs> looking over his shoulder, and it says, "Charlie near the scene."
1: Charlie near the scene.
0: <laughs> Charlie near the scene. Oh my God! <laughs> Sorry, I just thought. Charlie near the scene. Charlie was just walking by.
1: I can't believe that she is as, I don't know, who can say anything about a person's interior life, but, like, for her to come across as well-adjusted as she is and to have a successful show on Paramount Plus after going through all of this is beyond my comprehension. Yeah. Wow. I guess I stand Miranda Cosgrove now.
0: Yeah, I mean, she can say fuck all she wants. Probably fuck.
2: Hi, Who Weekly. So Gerard Butler went to night three of Coachella... Is there any chance that Gerard Butler knows who Kim Petrus is? French crunch.
1: Because Gerard Butler was at Coachella on night three when Kim Petrus performed, does Gerard Butler know who Kim Petrus is? One, two, three, no. No. No.
0: He should, but he doesn't. I mean, he spent the entire time in a porta potty. (laughs) How is he supposed to catch Kim Petrus' set? Okay, let's move on. Hi, Lindsey
1: Bobby. First time, long time. Uh, a friend last night went to a Seder and Justin Bartha was there, uh, which spurred a huge debate in my household. Justin Bartha, who or them? I obviously think he's a who. My husband thinks he's a them. I uh, would love you to weigh in. Thanks so much. Lindsey Bobby is my drag name. The friend who went to the Seder with Justin Bartha thinks no! that Justin Bartha is a them. But the friend who was told this story is like, are you out of your mind? Justin Bartha is a who? Sorry, just because Justin Bartha came to your seder doesn't mean he's right. a them. Just because he's a the themmiest say, person at a seder. <laughs>
0: yes, like if a famous who is at your seder, you're obviously going to elevate them. You're going to be like, guess who was at my seder? That's right, Justin Bartha. He dated Ashley Olsen for at least two years. <laughs> <laughs>
1: He was in all three Hangover movies, but is the least memorable part of all of them.
0: A hundred percent could not have told you that he was in the Hangover movies, but he indeed he was. Justin Bartha is such a who, unbelievable who. Glad to hear he's Jewish, though.
1: I cannot believe who's the most famous person you've ever had like a Seder dinner with.
0: But no, my fa- my my uncle. What do you want? My <laughs> Have you
1: ever been at a Seder with a famous person? I'm just saying. No, have there ever been cameos?
0: No, I haven't. Have you ever been to an Easter dinner with a famous person? Hmm. <laughs> no, no, don't act like you have to think about think. that.
1: Let me think. Who's a famous Christian who my parents know? No, none.
0: <laughs> famous Christian.
1: Although apparently I missed a banger of an Easter dinner, according to my mom <laughs> last weekend. Really?
0: A banger? She said a banger. Apparently it was
1: so good. I heard so many good things about the pasta salad, Lindsay, and you <laughs> know how much I love a pasta salad.
0: Oh, she should have sent you some.
1: Okay, last call. Last call.
2: Hey Weekly. You're maybe getting a lot of calls about this, but I'm wondering if Shania Twain is a who or a them. Specifically, does Gen Z know who Shania Twain is? I wonder if after her performance with Harry Styles that she's going to be a them again, but I feel like she's a who. So I'd like to hear your thoughts. Okay, Crunch Crunch.
1: What do you think? Is Shania Twain a who or a them?
0: Come on! uh. One, two,
1: three,
0: She's a them. Get the fuck fuck out of here with that oh because Shania Twain joined Harry Styles on stage or whatever she's a huge them
1: I don't even think I hate having to speak for Gen Z but I find it hard to believe that Gen Z wouldn't understand who she was even if they only knew of one song I just I, I think that that level of fame just reverberates you know like it just doesn't it doesn't go away in one generation. You know? I think
0: for a lot of people, she's like one of the only country stars they know, aside from yeah. like Dolly Parton. like, And maybe Reba, maybe. Like I, I still feel like she's a really one of the – if you were to name country stars, she's in the top 10, if not five, that you're going to name as somebody who's not a country fan or whatever.
1: And I think the fact that for someone who is, whatever you think of him or his music, clearly quite canny – I don't think Harry Styles would have brought someone that he didn't expect his fans to recognize on stage at Coachella with him. <laughs> you know, like I think he was pretty confident that this would be huge for the people who love him and adore him. That Shania Twain would be a big get.
0: Also, his whole thing is kind of off the beaten path. Of you know, and he and he, you know, he stands a strong woman. Like he, he loves wants a strong a, older woman. <laughs> yeah, he really does. And like, I don't know, Shania's is a great glam. You know, I don't know. I just think it's obviously some people don't know who Shania Twain is, but I just feel like overall I can say I would say she was a them.
1: Mm -hmm. Not to quote Lala again. What did she say?
0: Lotta Lala.
1: I love quoting Lala. Just wonderful cultural commentary from Lala. Lala was at Coachella and was live texting us in the middle of the night. Like I think we got I got this text at 4 a.m. my time. (laughs) So Lala writes... Harry just brought out Shania Twain for Man, I Feel Like a Woman, LOL. Shania maybe didn't realize just how live she would need to sing, but she's having a good time (laughs) feeling him up. She looks amazing. Shania maybe didn't realize just how live she would need to sing.
0: Wait, so we we saw her live in Vegas. She sounded great. I think she was singing mostly years live. Ago. Obviously with a little bit of assistance, perhaps. But and Lala was brought good. on stage.
1: La- Shania made such an impact on Lala that Shania Twain brought our friend Lala on stage to sing That's a r- true. at Lala her did. campfire.
0: Lala had a woman on Craigslist or Etsy custom design her one of Craigslist. Shania's costumes. And Lala <laughs> was the only person dressed up. And therefore she had to go on stage. One of the
1: all-time great shows. I think that might be part of Who Weekly canon. When you when you told me to eat a dick, (laughs) and someone turned around and yelled at you for saying that at a Schneidtwein concert. (laughs) You like it was a joke. You were you were like eat a dick, eat my dick. (laughs) I think is what you said, and then. A very angry Shania Twain fan who definitely wouldn't have known who Harry Styles was turned around and yelled at you.
0: Wow, that was my eat a dick phase, which was like when I said that. I don't say that anymore. I mean, I I might bring it back, but I definitely had a phase when I said that.
1: And I think with that, we're done. Thank you for listening to the episode of Who's There, our weekly call-in show. Keep calling in at 619 Who them to leave questions, comments, and concerns. Thank you to Katie and Eric of The Who's for providing our theme song. Thank you to Timmy, our research and editorial assistant, for researching and assisting. I'm so glad you're not going to week two of Coachella Timmy. We needed you so much. We missed your commentary. Support us on patreon.com slash weekly for bonus episodes and more. Oh, rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. And with that, we're done. Thank you so much. We'll see you next week. Have a great weekend. Bye. Bye. Oh, happy Earth Day. Hey. No, okay.
2: Apparently something happened with Joji at Coachella. But I'm just like, who's Joji? Revolt. Coachella Festival. Maybe I don't want to talk about it actually. I'm changing my mind. Ugh, I'm interested, but I hate these people. I can't oh, I dunno. Alright. Sorry about this call. <laughs> Hi, so, um, hi, Weekly. My brother and I are at the 14th Street station right now um, in New York, and we're trying to think of the five members of Fifth Harmony. We know it's Normani and Camilla and Lauren. Who else? Hi, Lindsay Bobby. Um, I was hoping that you could rank the New York Magazine vertical from who to them for us, please. Um, obviously Vulture is very them because Lindsay was there. Um, I feel like Curbed is probably the who but really want to hear your thoughts. Uh, women don't belong in balloons. Timmy in Coachella instead of me and Grace. New sign off? I'm proposing it. As professional journalists, are you bothered that it's not who's dated whom? such French. French.